Good morning. Welcome to this worship service of Ada First United Methodist Church. It is a joy to be gathered on this sunny morning. Did you notice that thing in the sky today? What a gift, yes. <laughs> Spring is just around the corner, I hope. But we are glad to be gathered together as brothers and sisters in Christ as we worship today. I want to take a moment to offer just a few announcements and reminders as we get started. First of all, I want to welcome every one of you if you're joining us online or in person. It is good to see you today and to come together as one body. If you're visiting with us, I want to extend a special welcome also. As I do each week, I'll remind you to please check our church webpage and Facebook page for ongoing announcements and updates. If you are joining us online, Mark Light is in the back, uh, keeping track of all that. And if you have any questions and you post those, please know that he is back there. He'll get back to you as soon as he can. And just check in, say hi to one another, and let us know you are joining us today. Also, we do have an offering basket in the back of the sanctuary and an online giving option if you would like to support the ministries of our church, both locally and around the world. And we are appreciative of all of your gifts that help us to do the work that we do right here in our own community and as part of our denomination. We do have prayer cards in the pews. If you don't have one exactly in your pew, you may have to go to the one in front of you, but green cards, if you have a prayer request that you would like lifted up this week or next Sunday, please take a moment and fill one of those out. You can leave it in the offering basket or give it to me after the service, and that'll go out in our weekly emailing, and then we will continue to lift those up during the Sunday services. We are continuing our Lenten Bible study this evening. We'll gather downstairs in the fellowship hall at six o'clock. We'll begin with dinner um, from six to 6.30 and dinner will be provided. You just show up with an appetite. And then at 6.30, we will begin our study. We are um, finishing the, the final chapters of the book that we've been studying together by Reverend McGray de Vega entitled Savior, exploring the question, why did Jesus have to die on the cross? And if you have not joined us yet, but you would like to come tonight, please know that's okay. We will fill you in and you'll be able to jump right in on the conversation. But again, six o'clock for dinner and 6.30 for the study. We are also continuing to collect items for the Ada Food Pantry. This month, they're asking for jelly and tomato product donations, so pasta sauces and jellies. If you can uh, bring those when you're out on your shopping trip this week, pick up a few extra items. We do have a shopping cart downstairs in the fellowship hall where those items will be collected and then delivered to the food pantry. Now, we're already announcing, believe it or not, the Holy Week schedule. We will have Monday, Thursday, um, a Christian Seder meal commemoration at seven o'clock, and that's on April 6th. We'll gather in the fellowship hall to share time together and to remember what the Passover meal, the Last Supper, would have been like for Jesus and his disciples. And then on Good Friday, April 7th, we will have a worship service here in the sanctuary at seven o'clock. And on Easter Sunday, we will begin with a sunrise service at 7.30 in the morning. So bright and early, we'll gather here in the sanctuary. There will breakfast will be served at 8 a.m. There will be an Easter egg hunt for the kids following breakfast at 9.15, and then our resurrection service at 10 a.m. 
We are in need of candy donations for the Easter egg hunt. We already have the plastic eggs, but if you could bring in small candies or small items to put in those eggs, or even cash donations so that we can purchase those, we would appreciate that, and then our kids will have a ball looking for those Easter eggs on Sunday morning. Now, friends, I invite us as we enter into this time of worship, may we come lifting our hearts in praise to our God. May we come with open ears to hear God's voice speaking to us. Will you join me in an attitude of worship?
please stand as you are able and join me in the call to worship. In the name of God, who created us, who holds us, and the whole world in his hands. In the name of the Son, who came to the world, who reconciles us with God. In the name of the Holy Spirit, who fills us with eternal life, we come together to offer our thanks and praise. Please remain standing and join me in singing the hymn number 101 in the Blue Methodist hymnal, From All That Dwells Below the Skies. scripture comes from the Gospel of Luke, the second chapter, verses 23 through 40. His father and mother were amazed by what was said about him. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this boy is a sign to be the cause of the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that generates opposition so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your innermost being, too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phenuel, who belonged to the tribe of Asher. She was very old, and after she married, she lived with her husband for seven years. She was now an 84-year-old widow. She never left the temple area, but worshiped God with fasting and prayer 
night and day. She approached at that very moment and began to praise God and to speak about Jesus to everyone who was looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Mary and Joseph had completed everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to their hometown, Nazareth in Galilee, and the child grew up and became strong, and he was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was on him. The word of the Lord for the people of God. a moment I'll invite our children up and please know that all children are welcome to come forward for our children's moments and then following our children's message kids from preschool through third grade are invited to join Miss Anna downstairs for children's church and now I'd like to invite our children forward as Miss Martha shares our message today You're always in trouble? I wonder if there's a difference between being in trouble and being in trouble. Is there a difference? Yes, May's like, yes. Trouble and trouble. Yeah? What's the difference between being in trouble and being in trouble? The, um, the difference is being in trouble is when you're like, like gonna get hurt, and being in trouble is when you're like gonna get grounded. <laughs> Going to get grounded. Absolutely. So how does your mom or dad tell you the difference? Is there a way they let you know you're in trouble versus a way they let you know you're in trouble? Yeah? What's the difference, Claire? They sometimes yell at you. Do they ever say your, like, entire name? Does that ever happen? Kylie, Ann, now, does that ever happen? Yes, that happens sometimes, right? Sometimes it's just Kylie, and sometimes it's Kylie Ann, and sometimes it's Kylie Ann now, right? So depending on the level of severity of the crime, right, is how much of your name you hear. So we've got a little story. We've got um, two little animals, Pip and Pop here. And 
one day, Pip's mom and dad, Pop's mom and dad, they're the same people, um, said that they could go out and play. They could go play, but they weren't allowed to go really, really far away. Can you pass that down? They weren't allowed to go really, really far away because there was a really big hawk, pass that one around, um, that was going to come and could potentially hurt them, right? So the mom said, if you get too far away and you, it, it, and you hear me call, I need you to come back because something bad might happen and you might get in trouble, right? So they went off and played as, as animals do. And mom, sure enough, saw a big hawk in the sky and she yelled, come back, come back. And one of our animals happily came back and got protected underneath mom's wing. Josie, can you take this? Pull that over there. is where we're working with props, so hold on. Um, got, got taken under mom's wing and got protected. But our other little animal didn't hear mom, didn't hear mom calling. And she called and she called and she tried first names, she tried middle name, she tried full name, still didn't come back, wandered off. And finally, the animal itself saw the big hawk and came running back, scared and frightened. But she too, Got to go underneath mom's wing. Can you take my other wing over here? Grab this. Pull it around. Pull it around you. Oh. And sometimes, oh, good job. Way to get under the wing. Sometimes when we try to hear God's voice, we kind of are running away, aren't we? Sometimes we've done things and we're not really listening. So even though he calls and he says, hey, come back, come back, we're too far away to hear. But guess what God's wings can do? They can spread really far. So let's see if we can do it. Can we grab this? Grab that, Ada. Can you grab one side? Get a, get a corner. There we go. Grab that side. Oh, good job. Pull it that way. Let's see. How many of us can we get under here? Woo! Okay, go that way. Go that way. Can we all get under? Now let's see. How many of us can get under God's wings? Can we all get under? God's wings will spread out, and God's love, really, not his wings, but God's love will spread out and will cover all of us if we ask him to, right? So no matter how far away we get, woo, no matter how far we get from home, God will always protect us underneath his wings of love. All right, are we ready to play in our love tent? All right, dear God. Thank you for always loving me, no matter how far I get from your voice and bringing me home. Amen. Our second scripture is from the Gospel of John, 19th chapter, verses 25 through 30. Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene stood near the cross. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciples whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, here is your son. 
Then he said to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. After this, knowing that everything was already completed in order to fulfill the scriptures, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was nearby, so the soldiers soaked a sponge in it and placed it on a hyssop branch and held it up to his lips. When he had received the sour wine, Jesus said, it is completed. Bowing his head, he gave up his life. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I was barely a woman when the angel came to me, when he said I was chosen, chosen to bear God's child. Me, bearing a child? I was ill-prepared for motherhood, but with the help of Joseph, my gentle carpenter, my love, we managed. People called my pregnancy ill-fated, and Joseph and me, well, ill-matched, but we knew differently. The child, our gift from God, became my gift to the world. And where did it end? Here, on a cross, a cross meant for criminals. It's strange, though. I feel numb. I am numb. My mind is alive with memory, such vivid memories of his life, of our life together. Then came the worst day of my life. I don't know why, but as we were preparing to leave for Jerusalem for the Passover, I felt compelled to bring this with me. Something tugged at my heart as we walked out the door that day. Something told me that this little piece of cloth would comfort me. So I ran back inside and opened the tiny basket where I had hidden it away. I tucked it under my clothes, close to my heart, so I would not lose it. I know it looks just like an old cloth, a rag for cleaning up spills or scouring pots, but to me, it's a reminder. A reminder that my Lord had a plan for my son, his son. You see, this is the cloth I wrapped him in the night he was born. The night we stumbled into a stable. The night a star stopped over where I had laid him in a manger. 
where shepherds came and angels sang. That night, my heart fell in love with the baby, and it broke at the same time, because I always knew that I could never keep him. I kept a lock of his hair, and I saved this cloth, the cloth I wrapped him in the night he was born. I kept these things, but I couldn't keep him, at least not in the way I wanted to. My son died that day. They killed him on a cross. At the foot of this cross, I bled with him. I felt the sharp pain of each nail driven into his hands and feet. I was praying, please don't break his legs, when I heard the centurion say, don't bother, he's already dead. Dead or not, I still felt that sword as it entered his side as if it had pierced mine. Oh, my son, my son. My heart aches in a way I can't describe, but I also feel something, something breaking in through the pain. It feels like hope. So I'm holding on, holding onto a glimmer of hope that maybe this isn't the end. Another character in the great drama of the crucifixion. But this character, this person, this woman was different. She was there from the beginning. Merely a teenager. A teenager chosen by God to bear a son, to bring the divine into this world. She carried him, the son of God, in her womb. I wonder what thoughts crossed her mind the first time she felt him kick. The night he was born, taking his first breath and crying out, was it God's voice that she heard? And surely, a little boy running and playing like any other, he must have fallen and skinned his knees a time or two. As she wiped away the blood and bandaged his wounds, did she know that it was God in the flesh she was tending to. We know so little of those years in between. After his birth, we catch only glimpses of her role in his life. Quickly, she faded from main characters to supporting role, making appearances only here and there. Like that time at the temple, when her young son is lost in the crowd, 
or that time at the wedding when she nudged him into the spotlight and he said to her mother, my time has not yet come, but she knew. She knew like any loving mother. So she pushed him to become what she knew he was meant to be. But now, did she know now that it was his time? Did she know this would be the day that she would watch her son die? I can imagine the questions flooding in as she saw the procession coming down the street. The crowd around her had gathered and they were shouting, shouting at her son, crucify him, crucify him. Why? Why him? How could they do this to her son, her son whose heart was only ever filled with love and compassion? Then she watched as he fell to the ground, no longer able to bear the weight of the cross he carried. She watched as the soldiers nailed his hands to the beam and he cried out in pain. I'm sure she flinched with each pound of the hammer. And like any mother, she would have taken his place she would have taken his pain as her own if only it would have spared him. As the cross was lifted into its place, as she saw the pain and the anguish on his face, suddenly the words, the words that he had said to her all those years before came rushing back. Standing in the temple, just a boy, he looked her in the eyes and he said, didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? Didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? Is this, is this what he meant? Her gaze drifted from his face to his chest, rising and falling with each breath. I can imagine in that moment her desperate, whispered prayer. Oh God, how much longer must he suffer? And maybe he looked down and he saw her tear-filled eyes. Maybe he could hear the brokenness in her voice because in that moment he looked at her and he looked at John. He met their eyes, and in one final act of love, he said, John, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. Truly, this was an act of love. Because even in his pain and anguish, knowing the end was near, he drew just enough strength to make sure that those he loved, that he would leave behind to make sure that they would be cared for. The gospel writers 
name for us. His final words. Seven sentences that Jesus uttered from the cross, and these words spoken to his mother are numbered among them. For even in those excruciating final moments, struggling for each breath, waiting for death to come, he didn't think of himself. Just as he had lived, he died for the sake of others, for the sake of God's love and grace. But then the gaze between mother and son was broken. And hanging on the cross, he cried out once more, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And suddenly she remembered She remembered that day all those years ago when she and Joseph had taken him to the temple to be circumcised. And when Simeon spoke, now, now she knew what he meant. His words had come true, for it was as though a sword had pierced her soul. But even in that moment, As her heart broke, as she gave up her son, she realized she wasn't alone. In his final act of devotion, Jesus entrusted her into the care of his closest friend. He was looking at his mother. But I can't help but wonder if his words were not also for us. On the cross, Through the cross, Jesus has woven us together, connected us to God and to one another. Over and over again in the scriptures, we hear believers addressed as brothers and sisters in Christ. Surely, he was speaking to us even now. There's a story about a New York socialite and an author. Her name was Gert Bahana, who after years of alcoholism, she received an article in the mail entitled, It's Never Too Late to Start Over. After reading this article, as the story goes, she did something she had never done before. She got down on her knees to pray but she realized she didn't know what to pray. So she started just reciting the words of a prayer she had once learned as a child, our Father who art. But then she stopped, and suddenly it occurred to her, our Father. Not theirs, not mine, our Father. Someone once said that the horizontal dimension of the cross is every bit as important as the vertical. You see, when Jesus uttered those dying words to Mary and John, he wasn't just calling for John to care for his mother. He was introducing them both, introducing us to a new family, a family bound together by the cross. 
by the love of Christ. For those true two truly are one and the same, the cross of Christ is the love of Christ. Friends, Christ died for us. Not because we are terrible, hopeless people, not because we are worthless sinners, but because we are loved. Christ died for us because we are chosen, because we are brothers and sisters, children of the Father. That is the message of Easter. What he did, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, all of it was and is for us. For it is by his grace that we have been saved. The cross became that day not a tool of torture and death any longer, but a sign of Christ's love for all of humanity. And today, right now, on our journey through this season of Lent, as we look to the cross, Jesus also calls us to look toward one another, to see his love in the faces of those around us. For truly, that is the call of the cross, to love each other as Christ loved us. What Christ did on the cross, it is all and only for love's sake. Not death, but love will always have the final word. Let us pray. Christ our Lord, it seems impossible that anyone would give what you did to save people like us. But you gave yourself for our sake. It seems unimaginable that anyone could love the way you did to hang upon a cross, to die so that we might live for you. Your body was broken and your blood was shed so that we might be healed and made whole. You were faithful unto death so that we might be faithful unto life. And your last command to us was that we might love one another. May it be so. Amen.
we pause in this moment to reflect on the gifts of grace and love that God has so freely poured out on us. And we consider what we have been called to offer back to God, our very lives in service to his kingdom. As we bring forward our offering this morning, I invite you to rise as you are able as we sing together the words of our doxology Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Please stand as you're able. seated. As we enter into a time of prayer, may we come with open hearts. May we come ready and willing to hear God's voice speak to us. Will you join me in an attitude of prayer? Holy God, creator of life, You have called us out of the dark places. You have offered us the gift of new life. When we see nothing but hopelessness, you surprise us with the breath of your spirit. You, O God, have written your law of love upon our hearts. We are your children. We praise your name from generation to generation. But even now, oh God, our minds are distracted. Our hearts are overwhelmed and weary. So we come before you, looking for your word to sustain us, looking for your spirit to comfort us, 
We come bruised and broken, looking for healing and longing for wholeness. We all have come seeking forgiveness for our wrongs, seeking to know your presence when we feel alone, seeking to know your will for our lives. So we pray, forgive us. Forgive us and pour out your spirit over us. Redeem us, O God. Draw us close and hold us tight, reminding us again and again that you are our God and we are your children. And now, Father, assured of your presence with us, we lift our prayers for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We lift up Sherry and Tom Evans. As Sherry is now recovering at home, we pray for comfort and healing. As she and Tom await next steps for the remaining masses, we pray for your spirit to enfold them. Continue to give them strength and assurance for each day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up Bob and, McKerna, and Myrna McCurdy as Bob recently suffered a heart attack but is now doing okay. As he prepares for a heart cath tomorrow, God, we pray for your spirit to be present with him and Myrna. Give them rest today. Give them peace for what lies ahead. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up Brandon Peeler and his family as he will have his tonsils removed this week. Lord, give comfort and assurance to Annalisa as she worries about her little boy. We pray that the surgery will go well and that Brandon will experience healing and wholeness. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up the family of Trelissa McAlpine as her father passed away yesterday. We pray for strength as she and her family face the days ahead. May they feel your presence, Lord, offering peace and hope even in the midst of their grief. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up Shirley Mathewson as she continues to deal with an infection in her sinuses that is now causing concern. As she awaits biopsy results, Lord, we pray for your spirit to be upon her. Give her peace in the midst of uncertainty. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up Alice Lyncha, who's preparing for surgery next week. We pray, Lord, for healing and recovery. We pray that you will ease any anxiety, and may our prayers carry her. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayers. We lift up Doris Engler as she grieves the death of her sister who passed away just this morning. Father, give her strength 
May your love hold her tight as her heart aches. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We also continue to lift up Shirley Chambers and Tom Castle, Jean and Laura Smith, Nancy Fleming, Gary Clausen, Carol Lobenhofer. We lift up all those whom we hold close in our prayers and thoughts. God, we ask that you will surround them with your love and your care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers. Thank you that through your Son, you put your love within us. You wrote it on our hearts that we may call ourselves your people, that we may love as you love. And now, by the grace of Christ upon the cross, you are calling us forth to live with love and hope in all places and at all times. We ask all these things in the name of Christ who taught us to pray by saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now, as beloved children of God, as brothers and sisters in Christ, may we rise and sing together our closing hymn, number 292, What Wondrous Love Is This?
as you go from this place and into the week, with whatever joys or challenges lie ahead, do not be discouraged or disheartened. Remember the glory that awaits you as a beloved child of God. May the love of God, the grace of Jesus Christ, and the presence of the Holy Spirit be among you and within you. Amen.